Hello, everybody. Welcome to For the Record, episode number 40. Um, it was a nice little month off, but we're finally back. Well, okay, it was, it was a month off from posting episodes. Um, I was recording in that entire time frame <laughs> and booking new guests. So um, I've not been this excited about some of the episodes that we've got coming up, though. This is, oh, it's just been, I've gotten some pitches I couldn't believe I could get. There's some people um, that I just, I didn't think would want to come on and they've been willing to do it. Uh, some of them are in person, some are in phone just because of, uh, distance and things like that. But, um, uh, this is a, this is a podcast to pay attention to. This is definitely a podcast to pay attention to. Um, and I think you guys are going to really like some of the episodes that we got coming. We got stuff coming from, uh, film. We got stuff coming from music, which is of course always a big thing. And that's kind of, while that is kind of the dominating thing and the reason that Shameless even got started in the first place, the podcast got started in the first place, I'm talking to comedians about coming on. I'm talking to filmmakers and actors and all these other people. There's this, there's, there's a big, like, margin of people that I'm reaching out to so um and currently working on um having come on so it'll be really cool this is episode 40 um and it is with um lead vocalist um Mike Prodich of Red Sun Rising and um it was it, it was such a pleasure I actually got um that Mike was brought to my attention by uh, his lovely PR team and um, at Big Picture Media um, in New York City, and we just kind of went from there. Um, uh, Mike is in a band called Red Sun Rising, as I said before, really great rock band that is um, out on Razor and Tie Records. And we just talked about uh, songwriting. We talked about the recent album the guys had put out a, a little while back, um, and just just kind of their story. That's I think the best way I could say it. And. Uh, the work that he's done with the band, how they've been able to work together. Um, it was a great chat. Um, it was an honor to have Mike on the show. And um, go check out after this. Go to, we're going to put up links to all of their um, all of their music and social media pages and all that stuff. So go and check out Red Sun Rising at the end of this. Uh, they're a great band and they're worth your time. All right, um, here we go. Episode number 40 of For the Record with Mike Prodich of Red Sun Rising. Just out of curiosity, so I can, because I when we were right setting now, this up, yeah, the time. Yeah, right now I'm in Cadott, Wisconsin. If that's how you say it correctly, I don't know. Huh? Never heard of it. I mean, I've heard of Wisconsin. I've just never heard of the town. <laughs> yeah, I've never heard of it either, honestly. <laughs> For sure. Are you guys playing there today? Yeah, we're doing a festival. Uh, a festival out here today, and um, it's, it's pretty cool. It's, it's probably 
thing that's ever happened this time. Wow. Seems like, because they're already, and their mother's here, so. For sure. Um, what's the festival, if I may ask? What is this festival called? Rockfest. Yeah, Rockfest. Oh. That's why I couldn't think of it, because it was so simple. Yeah, I think I, I think I've seen posts about that just from other like publicists because I think I know one of the publicists that's I think if it's him if it's the right person that's doing all of the like some of the PR for it. I I'm not total I'm not a hundred percent sure though. Um, but um, yeah, that sounds awesome. Uh, do you guys? Uh, what time do you guys go on during the day? Uh, we just played. Oh, for sure. Okay, so, cool. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, it goes till I think the headliner tonight is the. Uh, Marilyn Manson and um, the Hollywood Vampires. Oh hell yes, <laughs> so. that that'll be awesome. Um, well, I um, first off, thank you for uh, taking the time to do this. It's great to finally speak with you. Um, when I oh was, yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Um, I was pitched you guys, um, or I was pitched your name on an email, and I um, I was like, okay, cool. This is a podcast guest. I'm always looking for people. And then I read the bio that they kind of attached to it. And I realized who you were. Cause I'd listened to red sun rising. Um, and, um, I was always, um, I always dug what you guys were putting out. So I was really, um, I was excited for this one. Um, oh, thanks, man. of course, man. Um, I, uh, in terms of hard rock, I guess. So you guys are from, you're from Akron, Ohio, correct? Correct. Okay, so how did you guys, I guess, that's from what I've seen, that's a little bit more of, I guess, a, a smaller town. I don't know what the music scene is particularly like in that area of the country, but in terms of that, how would you guys say that you worked to kind of break out in that sense and jump onto shows and, and these different kinds of festivals and, I, I guess, create create an image for yourself outside of, I, I guess, a, a smaller town? Um, you know, as we, as we started to progress in, in the, in our career and as we started to gain more popularity, there's a lot of people in, from the industry, and I put that in quotations, industry, because, you know, some, some people were full of shit and some people were real, but, um, the thing that we, we heard from a lot of people was, uh, you know, you should go to Nashville and do this, or you should go to New York or you should go to LA and do this. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we thought about it. There was, there was times where we're like, man, we did a couple of dem or um, like independent EP we recorded down in uh, um, Nashville, and we we're like maybe we should move to Nashville and like start out of there and um, with the connections and everything. And then we started to realize as we got um, further and further into it that it, it actually ended up working to our advantage that we were from a small town because we could be the biggest fish in that pond and get it to a point that it was so big and that we. We perfected our sound so well that people from the outside had to come to us. And that became more of the goal than trying to go somewhere else and trying to fight through, um, you know, a cesspool of other bands and musicians. It's like, we're going to do it from here, from where we're from. And if you like it, you're going to come here and see it. And um, that was the goal for a while. The first few years was like, how big of a show can we play in our own town? And um, it got to the point where we were, you know, headlining uh you know, a 4,000 cap, uh, um, you know, amphitheater that was strictly for tribute bands and stuff like that. And it's like, wow, our original band here is going to build this up and play a show. And that was our goal. But we would check goals like that for ourselves. And I think that's what, what uh, really did it was just, you know, and I always give that advice to young bands. It's like, what, what should we do? It's like, well, 
where are you from? Are you from a small town? Be the biggest band there yeah. first. No, that that's super. I think I think that whole statement is super important. Like that that whole story that you just said, because I meet a lot. I've met a lot of different like bands that are either starting or they're a little bit ways into their I guess their local career stage, and all of them think that the first thing that they have to do is all right, well, we have to be the biggest band in the world, so we have to shell out money and go out on Warped Tour. We have to shell out money so that we can do this. And it's like, yeah, you could you could shell out the money and go and do something like a bigger festival or a bigger or something like Warped Tour, but at the same time, it's wouldn't you rather build up a fan base in one area and make a lot of noise there so then people are coming to you and they're not right. – you're not essentially – um, I just think it's really important that a lot of these, a lot of the bands, um, will start kind of in a local area. So I think that's awesome that you guys had that mindset. And I mean, it clearly played to your advantage. <laughs> You're able to, yeah, um, ink the record deal and do all that good stuff. Um, how soon into, I guess, into that process did, uh, of building yourselves up, did the, the full length record come into play? Um, was that something that had always been you guys always kind of toyed around with, or was that did you kind of did you want to wait until you had a label and be like, okay, now we can start writing for this and push it now that we've got that? Um, you know, it's weird. It's like um, we've actually had two full length records before this, before mm. this national record. Apologies, you know, we've had two full length records that we did independently. We self produced it. Well, iTunes um, we, lied to me then, so because <laughs> I tried to look yeah, it up. Well, <laughs> well, I think I, I think um, our team on Razor and Tide did a good job of um, stripping that from the internet, and not <laughs> because we're not proud of it, but it's like they wanted to clear a lane for our first national, um, you know, release and make it a true debut to the national scene in the world. And I, I think stripping away that independent um, career. Just, just created a lane, so it's like, hey, focus on this first. And if you want to go back and listen to our independent stuff, that's fine, because it got us here. But focus on this first, and we want this to be our first step forward, because all that hard work led to this. And this is our best foot forward. This is our first real record. And um, I think that's why, you know, we that stuff in the dark. And, and that's starting to resurface. Some of that stuff's starting to resurface now, but um, so yeah, as far as early and we started this band in 2007 and we booked our own tours we self-produced our own records and we got to the point where we could make we we created the opportunity to be able to make a national record with the label was there ever any um i mean at that point having done everything independently for so long was there ever any fear or hesitation with wanting to with bringing on a label and bringing on another team i mean because i mean everybody hears stories about how when they go to a, a label or they bring on different people into the mix that they don't know at first that there's there's always there can be sometimes be a little bit of hesitation i mean did you guys ever have that or were you kind of it sounds to me like you guys had a plan which a lot of these other bands usually don't and um yeah i mean yeah. it's it was, I think we did have a little struggle with that, like kind of letting go of the reins, um, if you will, because, you know, Ryan, my guitar player and myself, we started this band, you know, like I said, we managed it, we were our own agent, we did everything, and then we wrote all the songs, and um, I, that was a little hard for someone to even, we got, we found management first, and management 
you know, obviously it was like, well, we need to find you a label so we can get support and we can make this, this record that you guys have always wanted to make and we can, we can have that support. And, um, we found people, we found managers that we trusted. And I think that was the most important thing. Um, someone that was going to fight for what we really wanted and listen to us as, you know, band leaders and, and songwriters and artists and say, this is what we want. When we have a label, this is what we want. And, you know, when, when Razor and Ty came along, um, they were very clear that they didn't want to change what we had going on. They just wanted to make it yeah. better. And I think that was, that was important to us. And I mean, halfway a week or two into the record, um, out in Los Angeles, they didn't even send in our guy there anymore. Cause they, the A&R guy came from, um, Razor and Ty and they're like, you guys got this, um, just make, make a good record. And you guys are off to a great start and we're going to leave you alone. And that's been amazing. That's awesome. You're lucky. That's awesome. I mean, I th- well, I think that's I think that's fantastic. First of all, and I think that um, Razor and Tie is definitely a label that, and they've not paid me to say any of this. They've not they're not pushing me. Like I'm just I'm just saying this as a music fan. They've consistently pushed bands over the years where they that have kind of a raw feel, whether they're a death metal band like Chelsea Grin or a like a pop rock band right. like The Somerset or a band like Red Sun Rising and it's just I, I've never seen them really push them in a different direction other than what they want to do. I've seen bands experiment on that label and put out maybe a record that isn't necessarily their best but they then the next record they completely hit it out of the park because they allow them to find themselves and be kind of, and do the, you guys have got this, just go and make a record that you believe represents yourself. And I think that's, uh, I think that's a great fit. And I think it's a mentality that's good for fostering art. <laughs> Definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so at that point, um, when you guys get the deal, what, what did the pro, what did the process of, of writing that album entail for you guys? Was it, was it significantly challenging or having, had that plan of here's how we're going to build ourselves up. Here's how we're going to get here. Did it feel a little bit more natural in that sense? Um, it was very natural. And, and the nice thing about it was, um, we had a, the producer, Bob Marlette, he was very, a very free spirited person. And he kind of let us be artists as well. And, um, he didn't, when we were kind of interviewing for producers, um, testing around, the one thing he said that kind of stuck with, with us is he said, you guys have all the elements to make a great record. We just, I just need to show you how to use them. Yeah. And we thought that was important. It's like, okay, this guy gets it. He doesn't want to change us. And we, we talked to some producers that were like, well, if you want to make it in the rock world, you yeah. need to write a song <laughs> like this, and you need to have lyrics that say this. And Bob didn't do that. He was just like, you guys have it. You just, I need to, you know, help you develop it and, 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 uh, use it to your advantage and and that's what he did he just uh, helped us become better songwriters and and structure it but um i think i think overall um we we had a lot of material from our independent past that we could comb through and either revamp a whole song or revamp take a moment from a song and turn it into something else and then we we wrote new songs while we were in the studio so it was it was kind of a culmination of our whole career of writing songs plus the songs that we wrote actually in the studio vibe. So that's why I think it's a it's a great first record because it kind of tells the story of up until this point. 
Definitely. Um, was it challenging for you in any in any respect lyrically to put anything out, or was it? I, I mean, um, I, I guess what was your lyric writing um, mode for a record like that, for something that is sort of a culmination and is your first like national um, introduction to the to uh, to the nation, essentially. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's a good question. I mean, the, um, our, our lyrics, we, we put a lot of thought into it and we don't, we make sure that all of our music is saying something and, and means something to us and is, is, uh, open enough that it can be interpreted for another person. And, um, a lot of that comes from, a lot of the lyrics come from me and Ryan just sitting down and having a conversation about, you know, something that's in our lives or something that we feel passionate about it and we'll, we will literally talk for hours about it and write down, you know, ideas and lines. And then those, those lines and ideas come, turn into the actual lyrics. So it, it generally is a, just a conversation about a topic that we both feel strongly about. Interesting. I've never heard that process. I've never heard of a band doing that process before, but I, I mean, I try to, but at the same time I can see how that works. Cause I mean, this is, I try to, when I do podcasts, I try to do conversations um, rather than just kind of rattle off a list of questions and just kind of let it develop naturally because that's kind of where the best moments will come from when it's just organic. Right. Yeah, so I totally, I totally feel you. Um, was there? I mean, was there anything that was harder for you to convey in a sense in terms of any any of the tracks than others? Like, I feel like sometimes there's always that one song where you're just kind of like, oh, I can't figure it out. It's it's right there. I kind of know what I want to say, but I, I don't totally know. Um, yeah, you know, and I think it was almost opposite. Like, um, that was one thing that Bob um, Marlette helped us with is um, if we were if we had an idea or we had some lyrics and he had a way of saying, okay, that's too far. That's a little too progressive. Is anyone going to grasp that? Find a, find a, way to say that that's more digestible hmm. so he was good at that and without giving us the lines so there, were, there was a little bit of that and uh, the, the, what he would always say is like don't drive past the exit know when you need to get off and stop on an idea and there was a lot of there was a lot of ideas lyrically that we, we, we maybe were going a little too progressive and that may have pigeonholed us to um, something that we didn't, you know, someplace we didn't want to be musically. So, because we, we want it to be, not, I don't want to say broad or general or generic, but we want, we want, you know, anyone to be able to listen to our music and, and get something from it. For sure, yeah. I mean, you're appealing in that sense to kind of, you're staying true to yourself, but you're, you're doing it in a way that at first, at least for like a first national release, it kind of gets everybody's attention. You're like, oh, okay, so this is what these guys are about. And you can right. kind of get it that way. Um, in turn, I mean, what kind of musically, and this is, this can be kind of a basic question that a lot of people ask, but I'm genuinely always curious. I mean, what kind of influences musically played into the, um, the writing and what you guys are doing in a sense when you're going in that direction as a rock band? Um, I think the fact that our influences are all over the place worked to our advantage and we tried to take a little bit from every era. I mean, this band listens to, um, you know, anything from Led Zeppelin and Queen and Otis Redding all the way up to Tool and 
system of a down in a perfect circle, you know? So it's like, we're yeah. kind of all over the place. And, and there'll be little moments in a song that's like, you you could be in a, in a heavy song, uh, you know, quote, heavy song, and there'll be like a beautiful moment in it that reminds you of something like Eric Clapton did. And be like, oh yeah, you could kind of go that direction in it. And then it's, then it kind of twists and turns and um, there's all these little elements and textures that you can build in the song that, that are reminiscent of all these different eras that basically you love and you grew up listening to. So we kind of try to take everything uh, a little bit from every era and every kind of genre. And that's why we've always called our, our music thread, you know, and if people are always asking, you know, how would you describe your music? And we don't want to say it's alternative because what is alternative now? Yeah. And what's rock? What's rock now? Exactly. And what's metal? <laughs> so it's like we just want to be, yeah, we just want to be red sun rising. We just want to, that's, that's how we sound. That's what we sound like. Interesting. Yeah. When I listened, I mean, when I listened to the album, I could hear a lot of, I could hear exactly as you were, when you were saying like this band listens to everything from like Led Zeppelin all the way to Tool. I could hear all the different influences in a weird way. Like and when someone describes it, you're kind of like, oh, okay. All right. I guess I could, I could understand that. And then you actually listen to it and you're like, all right, now I get it. That makes perfect sense. So I could completely see I mean, were you guys shooting for radio play in any way? Because I mean, I could I could definitely see you guys as a band that could go and play those bigger rock festivals, but could also have a single that's on the radio and still kind of reach out to that fan base. I think um, I mean, of course, that you yes, you always want you always want radio and success, and to make sure that your um, your songs get heard. That's a, still a way that people can hear your music. But I think the main goal is is just writing good songs that we that we love and that people can sing along with. I mean, we're huge Beatles fans, so we're a sucker for great melody and harmony and um so, you know, yeah. like we just love writing good good songs. In your I mean, in your opinion as as a songwriter, in is it different for everything or does what makes a good song essentially is there i mean i feel like at this point there is no formula that it's it's totally like there there's certain little elements but i don't think it's like a set um like here's how you do here's how you write a good song x y and z but i guess to you what makes what makes a great song to me what makes a great song is is a melody that you can that that either gets stuck in your head or or you can sing along to um or or like a key change or a or a chord change that makes you feel something, you know, like it, there's, there's sometimes like when you're just listening to a song and it just takes, it takes that one chord change and it makes you kind of like a, Ooh, like either a sad feeling or like a, a goosebump feeling or, um, that makes a good song. But then also the lyrics, which I don't think are as important. I think the music is, I mean, if, if, if the lyrics were really that important, we would all just be out there doing spoken word tours. I think the, <laughs> the lyrics just kind of guide the music and let the listener kind of, you know, t- it kind of tells the story, but the music itself is, is the most important. So a good song to me is, is definitely the melody and the, just the tones and making sure that it's pleasant um, to the ear. And and when I say pleasant, it doesn't have to be a soft song. It can be a heavy song to be pleasant to the ear. If you make sure the tones are, are right and, uh, and that's why we love messing around with, you know, different effects, pedals, and and uh, different guitar tones, and different instruments, and just what's going to catch someone's ear and 
make them sit there and, and, and really enjoy it. Awesome and very well said. Um, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, we'll we'll wrap this up and we'll bring this to a close. Um, the, so these I pitched this um, last part of the interview. These are the last two questions I ask, and I give that context just because they're the same questions and they're a little bit broader, but they just they're a good way to I guess kind of bring the show to a close if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but so yeah. all right, cool. So the first question is, what kind of message if you have one? Would you like fans to walk away with after listening to your music? Um, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I don't know, because I, I guess because it's, you know, um, that's the beautiful thing about art, is it's you can take so many different things from, from music. But I, I would say, uh, I think, our music you are learning something about us as individuals uh, you know we make sure that it's the cut is um, something that we truly feel strongly about or it's it's actually affected us um, but we also want people to we encourage people to um, when, especially when people ask us what what our songs are about we always tell them we always ask them first well you you tell us what you think it's about first then we'll tell you because we love hearing the different theories of what what it means to somebody else and, and you know, the, the struggles that may have gotten somebody through or or how happy it makes somebody feel because it reminds them of something. Like, um, I don't know, that's a tough question to, to answer, I guess. I, I would say that it's, um, in a word, I would say it's know that it's real. Cool. And uh, lastly, what does music mean to you? Man, uh, music is basically the soundtrack of our lives, I guess. TV as that may sound, but <laughs> no you know, in in any any circumstance you can think of, if you're if you're having a a happy moment or a sad moment, there's for me music is always there to um, enhance that moment. You know, so if that for me is just my soundtrack. Perfectly said. All right, um, thank you so much, man. It was it was a pleasure to finally speak with you guys after having heard your music for quite a while now. So um, it was it was awesome having you on. Um, I'll get this posted um, as soon as we can, and I'll send it along your way. Right on. Thanks a lot, man. Thank Appreciate you so much, man. Have a great rest of the day. You too. Take care. Take care. Bye. <laughs>